welcome to the Women With Fire podcast. I am Michelle Gifford. I am Sarah Allred. God is calling women around the world to stand up and make a difference. We call this your quest. God needs you. Learn from other women who are navigating their own quests. And through this podcast, light that fire as you embark upon your own. Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Women with Fire podcast. You are with Michelle and Sarah. It is season five, people. We missed five. you. <laughs> we have missed you. We have. Where has the time gone? What the heck? I don't know, but it's good to be back. This is good. This feels right. I like being across the computer screen with Sarah. <laughs> In all our glory. It is so true. We've had kind of some wildness. I mean, this is a little bit off kilter for us to start a season like in March instead of like January. September. Who says you have to start podcasts in January or August, by the way? I don't know. Who says well, that? This is the thing. Let's tell you what happened is we were trying to figure out like how we were going to do this, when we were going to launch. And guess what? Sarah was having a baby. She is so cute. <laughs> the best. And that is why you start podcasts in March. People. And that is why you start podcasts in March. But what I wanted to say about that is who's making the rules? We kind of got, we looked at each other and we said, we don't have to start in January if it's going to make having a baby really the worst, right? We don't have to do that. We want to be really respectful of our motherhood first. And so we didn't start till March and that's okay. And we're so glad that you're here. Thank you for sticking out with us because we love you for it. Um, and thank you. Like, just thank you for showing up today. We are really excited to be here. So Sarah, what's been going on in your life? Baby. Baby's been going on. I mean, that, that's been it. That's been it. But in reality, I think I loved what you just said that like, who is, who is making the rules here? And just because you feel like you haven't got your rear end gear for your quest and it's March and you kind of miss the January 1st push or whatever it is, who's making that rule? Who is making that rule? Right? I mean, that's like our goal with season five is to get more of you, more of us, dare I say, because us included, moving and doing and making a difference. We are answering the prophet's call. We are getting out there, standing up, making a difference. That's what season five is all about. And I got to say, like, life events, yeah, it gave birth. Awesome. Everything is great. She is beautiful. Michelle's been like hanging out with Rachel Hollis like, I mean, on the same no speaker panel. What? I mean, I was just me and Rachel Hollis and Nicole Walters. I mean, it's it's no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So crazy. Big I just got back. Yeah, it was huge. I just got back from Glow Conference where I got to speak on branding. And um, yeah, Rachel Hollis spoke on the stage before I did. I mean, that's not intimidating, but it actually was so fun. And um, I'm just gonna tell you that I can testify with all that I have that when you're about to do something great, really hard things happen. Like I cannot tell you the amount of like, like emotional and like mental, like attack. We talk about this in your quest, right? Um, that I felt leading up to it. And I'm so glad that I pushed through. I'm so thankful for priesthood blessings and um, because it opened some doors for me and I feel like solidified, like even just for me that 
I like teaching business. I can do this. <laughs> so just know that we are on the quest with you. We are going through the whole switchbacks all the time. <laughs> spot on, spot on. And as awesome as it is to sit here and talk about how lucky and awesome and well-deserved it was that Michelle got to hang out with Rachel Hollis, I think that there were some aha moments happening there. Um, she's the bomb.com as is Nicole Walters, all those great people you got to hang out with. But the cool thing is, is it ties into what we're talking about in season five. And that is you've got to get moving. You've got to get doing, and you've got to get pushing to make a difference. It doesn't matter who you are because you are his, you are his, and he has a quest for you. And so we are going to get it happening. Whether you're Rachel Hollis or whether you're us or you're my neighbor across the street, we are going to get you moving. So welcome to season five. And we're going to jumpstart you into season five with some free stuff. Finally, we're making these public digitally. Michelle and I love to go out and speak and share our testimonies and share all about the quest and all sorts of great things. But we've got to give you something for free to make this awesome, right? Yeah. So we have, um, I, yeah, we have a couple of our talks. So Sarah is really amazing. Um, her talk is called Satan is at the Y. I graduated from BYU. So just know, just know (laughs) it is okay. It is going to be okay. It's okay. And it's wonderful. You're going to love this. This is really going to jump start you in. Cause I'm going to tell you, most of you get stuck at the question stage. Should I do this? Should I not do this? And Sarah is really going to push you, um, into action, which is what this is all about. Like I, I was thinking about that today. Um, that really the only difference between getting through a quest or getting through that sounds terrible, but like accomplishing and being successful is putting one foot in front of the other, like just continuing action. And that is how God speaks to you is through action. Um, so you're going to get Sarah's talk, which is fantastic. And then, um, I just recently spoke to, um, a stake about personal revelation. So that talk is called God is speaking, speaking, do you hear him? And I'm going to talk to you about how to receive personal revelation. Um, cause you're probably getting more than you think spoiler and really break down. Um, I share some great stories and, Anyway, you're going to love it. So all you have to do is go to thewomenwithfire.com slash bonus to get those, those free downloads. We're not going to release them anywhere else. This is just for you. Serious. It's only been in private settings that you've been able to hear um, these talks and stuff like that. So we just thought, hey, gosh, you guys have been so loyal for so long. It's time to make these public. So you've got to head over to there thewomenwithfire.com slash bonus. Grab those, listen to them. We are committed to making you moving, doing, and making a difference. Answering the prophet's call. We're going to make it happen. Welcome to season five. And yes, I'm sorry. I'm so excited because with season five, guess who our first guest is? It's Michelle Torsak. And she is now, she is, well, one of the like coolest people ever. People she's don't like, know her name. People they don't, don't know her, her name. name, but they, they, they know enjoy she does. She, does. <laughs> <laughs> she is the mind behind studio five, which is, um, KSL's morning show. And then she moved over and was, um, part of the church's like director of like social media. And now she's running Time Out for women. What? Wait, what? She's so good. <laughs> anyway. So we are launching this yeah, this season's podcast with hers because ah, oh, you are going to love her, love her. So get ready, hold on tight. We are so glad that you're here. Season five is going to be fantastic. And let's get this started with Michelle. 
Hey, you guys, and welcome to another episode of the Women With Fire podcast. This is kind of one of those podcasts that is kind of blowing my mind right now. <laughs> I get to interview Michelle Torsak. So you've got Michelle Squared today, you lucky people. And while you might not know her name when I say that, uh, you benefit from the work she does like every day. So I'm going to introduce you to her and she, this is going to be good. So she is kind of a behind the scenes girl. Now this, let me first tell you that this introduction is from Brooke Walker, her good friend who I have to thank for introducing me to her. Um, but this is what Brooke says. She's a behind the scenes sort of a gal, but a powerhouse woman, wife, and daughter of God. She actually created Studio 5 and served as the executive producer for eight years before accepting a role with the church as the content director for LDS.org. What? She's not done. In that position, she helped create and execute many of the church's campaigns and social media efforts. She recently was named as the new communications director of Time Out for Women. She's incredible. One of my greatest life blessings has been to know and learn from her over the years. Love, Brooke. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that makes me cry. Yeah. Brooke's the best and you're the best. I'm super glad that you're here. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you for the great introduction. I'm so happy to be here. I was like, how do I introduce you? I was like, oh, I know. Borrow words from Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to know, you have done so much. It's kind of like, where do you even start with all this? But I want to know, like, where did it start? Where did it start with you? And um, how did you get to be where you are right now? Oh my goodness. It's been such a, an interesting journey and one that has just been, honestly, Heavenly Father's hand has been in it. That's the only explanation for it. When I graduated from high school, I went to BYU and I just always believed that I wanted to be a teacher. And that's what I was going to study. And then I had a professor who was, um, her name's Kay Egan, and she was one of the deans of communication. And she just said to me, she said, you're a good writer. Have you ever thought about going into communications? And I didn't even know what it was. I was like, well, what would that be? And she convinced me and I changed my major and I end up, ended up graduating in broadcast journalism. And I did my internship at KSL. And before I was done with my internship at KSL television, they offered me a job and I literally worked my way up and eventually became the vice president of programming. And um, here I was like this 32 year old and they wanted me to create a new show. They wanted me to kind of create a new lifestyle brand for KSL. And um, I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Like, <laughs> why, why would they be letting me do this? But I poured my heart and soul into that. It became like one of the, the greatest blessings of my life. Um, at that time, I wasn't married and it really just filled something for me. I just felt like I was handed this amazing opportunity, but it was, it was all consuming. I mean, starting Studio 5 was all consuming. I still think of the early days where, you know, we would have our families come on and, uh, but Brooke, and at the time there was a host named Darren, they were with me all the way. And, um, it was amazing. And then out of the blue, I got a call from somebody at the church and they said, we're looking for a messaging director and what would you think? And at this point now I've been at KSL for 17 years and I was like, I don't know, KSL is what I know. That's been my life. And I loved the show and I just decided I was going to make the jump. 
and I did, and I've been at the church for the past five years where I've had some amazing opportunities. Again, the Lord's hand has just honestly been in it all. And then I made another change in June. I got another call and they were looking for a director for Time Out for Women, which is a kind of event that Deseret Book does, an event for women. And I decided again that it was time to go. So that's been my crazy journey. <laughs> She was right. You're a powerhouse. This is so fantastic. So there are, even though you've had different jobs, it seems like there's a running theme between the jobs, right? Because yes. between like KSL and starting a, because you were very, Studio 5, I love because it's a very different lifestyle brand than you see on like uh, morning shows anywhere else. Yeah. And um, so what was the inspiration behind that? Yeah. When I was first creating that, I mean, I was looking at, I would watch tons and tons of shows and read tons of magazines. And my goal was to, to try to pull in the best of everything that I loved. That little bit of Martha Stewart, that little bit of Oprah, where you had the inspiration, pull all of these things together. And I think one of the things though, that made Studio 5 different, and I attribute this a lot to Brooke and Darren and the people that I I surrounded myself with on my staff was that there was just a really, this sounds so corny, but there was a wholesome goodness that you could fill. And I think, I think people appreciated that. I think it felt real. I hope it felt real. I hope it felt and, and practical and inspirational all at the same time. Yes. But I, I took inspiration from lots of, lots of things that I loved actually. Yes. And I feel like I love Studio 5 and my mom is an avid watcher. She's, you know, I live in California, but she watches all the time. And when I talk to her about it, it's because of, it is uplifting women. It's not just drivel, yeah. <laughs> right? It's real stuff. And that's actually the theme that I am seeing throughout your life is just like, you're there to provide ways for women to progress and to become closer to God. And I love that it doesn't necessarily have to be the normal way, right? You're producing TV content, yeah. you know, time out for women. So I love that. So tell me about your time at working for the church and working for their social media. Was it their social media department or their messaging department? Is that no, name? it was really, so I went on, it was a new department called the office of communication services and the church was trying to, so I don't know, this might be too much information, but the church has lots of different departments and they each kind of then became their own media companies and we're doing their own social media and their own, you know, like websites and blogs. And the church was trying to say, no, we have to have a single voice that all has to be coordinated or else we start overwhelming people and confusing people. And so I was brought in to help organize that, to help align that and to say, okay, what is the core message of the church. What's the brand of the church? How do we use social media? How do we use technology to get the message out in the most impactful ways? And I had some, I worked very closely with Elder Bednar, who I just have great admiration for. He's just brilliant. He's able to see patterns and he has a great understanding of technology. And I mean, I, I personally learned so much from, from him. One of the opportunities that we had was we met with some of the top executives at Facebook and uh, 
they, they actually, at, at this particular meeting, they actually met with Elder Bednar as well. And they told us that they could, Facebook, they had the, the abilities just with their algorithms and their data to actually do all the missionary work that we needed, that they could find exactly who those golden contacts would be, who would accept the message. And I mean, it blows your mind. Now, we do missionary work for more reasons than, you know, just that. I think it's in part the missionary as well. So I'm not sure the church would ever go in that. But that's the power of technology and social media and, and data. And that experience just like, I think blew our minds. Oh my goodness. And he, they didn't start targeting on Facebook, no, right? They, I they mean, <laughs> no, I, I think, you know, and this is when I say one of the lessons that I really learned from Elder Bednar is he, he believes, and, and he's right, that the, the Lord's pattern for influence is one by one. And I think, uh, you know, I've had some, my own feelings and thoughts about social media have shifted a little bit actually because I think we can get caught up in thinking that we think oh man if if I had 50,000 followers like that's influence and we use this term influencer a lot and the Lord's pattern is still one by one and so not to say that social media that there's not opportunities there but at the end of the day I think are still our greatest influence is the one-on-one. Yeah, that's, this is really a fascinating thing to talk about because you're talking about the church saying, how are we messaging ourselves, Mm -hmm. which is a very business thing to do, Mm -hmm. but also very necessary so that it's, you know, we're they're communicating the way they want to communicate. So what challenges did you have as you were, as it's a new department, you're Mm -hmm. kind of, organizing everything so I mean there's a lot of challenges but what are some of the things that the challenges that you faced that you felt like okay I was here for a reason let's do this let's do this I think one of the reasons that I was there was to help people understand the power of if we had a consistent a consistent message that the power of that. And do you know what the secret sauce is for it is it's members. And I don't think as members of the church, we know how to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I spent a lot of time like figuring out and the the work is still going on. Like what's the, and this is a very business term and the brethren don't use this term, but as employees, we would use this. What is the brand of the church? And the brand of the church is Jesus Christ. It's this plan of happiness that makes our lives happy. It makes our lives better, both here on earth and from an eternal perspective. And I think sometimes in the past, we've gotten caught up on being Mormons and feeling the need to defend ourselves as Mormons right? It goes back to, you know, the days in Missouri, probably where we felt like we did have to defend ourselves, but that's not who we are. We're followers of Jesus Christ and figuring out how we message that and get members on board. Because again, I don't think we always know how to message it. Yeah. So do you have advice for that? Because this is very timely. I mean, because we have to decide, like, even as we just, um, President Nelson is just urging us, like, don't use Mormon anymore. 
and we're on board, but then we have to figure out how that interprets or, you know, how we do that in our day to day, in our Instagram feeds, on yep. our Instagram profile, like, cause yep. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints takes up, right? It takes up yeah. the whole profile. So, right. so I think this is a very real thing that we're all trying to navigate. So what real tips would you give to steer away from the Mormon thing and to focus on Jesus Christ? So I think there is so much that we can learn from other Christian women. Yes. Because have you noticed that Christian women in their profiles are like, they never say Baptist or Methodist, but that's what we say in our profiles. We say LDS. First of all, nobody really knows. We've done tons of research and nobody knows what LDS is. That's an internal term that we use amongst ourselves, but other people don't know what that is. They do know what Mormon is. Lots of people are familiar with Mormon. But what if in our profiles, instead of I'm a Mormon, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And people will come to, we don't need to explain more. As they follow us and they start seeing, they'll be curious. And like, there's something different that, yes, this is a follower of Jesus Christ. And yet there's even something slightly different. And they'll get it. They'll, they'll get it. They, they get it from what they see hanging in our homes or the way we dress or like, I don't know that we have to out and out say, yeah, I, I'm a Mormon. And, and this is con contradictive to, right, because there's been a whole church campaign called I'm a Mormon. And President Nelson is saying that's going to change because that's maybe, maybe that was right, the right method for a particular time and season but i think going forward it's it's a it's a higher holier way it's when jesus christ i mean the brethren would always say when jesus christ comes he needs to be able to recognize his church it's like the ministering thing right we're yeah. not we're not visiting teaching anymore we're ministering and i think that this is instead of being labeled by mormon we are to actually just be followers of Jesus Christ, <laughs> you know, and that can speak loud enough. You, we don't have to. It will speak loud. And then people will like, they'll want to know more. And I, I'm certain that our specific unique beliefs and distinct truths can eventually come out, but I don't think we have to lead with that brand of Mormonism or LDS. Yeah, that's fairly interesting. I just had a, like a meeting with two other ladies in like my neighbors and what they're both business owners. So we were just kind of having like a business meeting and another one is a member of the church and the other one wasn't. And she, we just were talking and had nothing to do with the church. But um, at the end, she just looked at us and said, you guys are good women. I was like, this is what we need to lead with. Not I'm different than you. We have different standards than you, but no, we try to live like Christ. Like it was just like, a, Oh my goodness, that's what we need to do. Oh, I love that. I think that's, I think that's spot on. Yeah. And, but it's a different thing, right? Yeah. It's a different shift. And it's also the church is ask, asking us to do it differently. Cause before it was like, hand out a card that said, I'm a Mormon. Yep. And so it's a good shift, but it's going to take. We're trying to figure it out though. Like, like you say, yeah. we've been doing it this way for so long. It's been like, I mean, we did a whole movie called meet the Mormons. Right. And so I think we're like, Oh wait, okay. So now what? <laughs> Yeah, but I do. I think that all the research shows that I was able to be part of a, a global research project, and all the research shows that 
it's really our emphasis on Jesus Christ. It's less about our specific beliefs. Well, it doesn't that make complete sense? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like before we were pointing out all the differences and, and especially at this time, in this time, we need to like link arms with other yeah, people. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. So anyway, this is, this is completely fascinating. I love this conversation. Let's just take a little break because we want to give you access to our most requested bonus episodes straight to your inbox. We have never shared these episodes before digitally. Michelle's famous talk, God is speaking to you. Do you hear him? And guess what? You also get Sarah's crucial talk called Satan is at the White. I'm just telling you, these are very good. <laughs> they are huge resources to give you a vision and confidence in making decisions with the Lord, which is what we're trying to do, right? Grab the bonus episodes now at thewomenwithfire.com slash bonus. Now back to the podcast. So with, so you were there for, how long were you, you at the church with the church? I was at the church for five years. Yeah. And then you made the switch to Time Out for Women. And is that fairly new? I did. It's really new. So okay. I've only been there, <laughs> oh, it's been five months. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. So I'm still, I'm still learning that. <laughs> so but what are the not. different challenges that you're, you're seeing as you're switching from the church to Time Out for Women? Yeah. So the goal with Time Out for Women, so Time Out for Women was started in 2002, and it was started by Sherry Dew. And I actually had a mentor, um, her name is Kathy Chamberlain, she's passed away, but she was a researcher. She did a lot of research for the church, and she was at Deseret Book, and she'd done some research for Deseret Book, and they just found that there was a need that women often just got were wrapped up in the routines of their days, right? And needed kind of like that spiritual reset. And they wanted some resources and things available to them. And they couldn't quite ever find them. And so in 2002, Sherry Dew and Kathy, this Kathy Chamberlain, they started Time Out for Women. And they actually started, they didn't want to bring it to Salt Lake because Salt Lake does have a lot of you know, that's, there's BYU Women's Conference. There's just lots of resources available to women, I think, in Utah because it's where the church is headquartered. And so they actually did the first one in Phoenix, and this thing sold out. It was just, it was huge. And women just came in droves because they wanted to just be fed. And I think women, I think women want, like, they want a day away, but they don't want to do it in a selfish way. Like, they don't necessarily feel totally comfortable just saying, yeah, I'm going to go sign up at the spa for the day. They want a day to be away from the distractions and really feed their souls and, and grow their spirituality. And that's what this provided. And then it really grew and really dots the country. And then it went into Australia and New Zealand. And so there's a long history of of this program and so now I've got I've had the opportunity to come in and figure out what does the next phase of it look like and are there new brands that should also come out of it and so that's really what I'm working on 
So do you, can you let us in? What do you think? <laughs> How is this new Michelle Torsak version? I mean, it's all yeah. good, right? But it's yeah. so great to see the change and the growth and things like, what do you feel like your vision is for it? Yeah. Well, my vision for timeout for women, one of the things that I felt strongly about is when president Nelson last April talked about just the need that we have for personal revelation in the last days. And I've always been one of those people that has, or I felt that I've struggled to receive personal revelation. In other words, I I've never felt like I've had the the story that I could tell, you know, from the pulpit that's like, yes, I received, I've never felt that. And so I've always wondered, gosh, is something wrong with me? Like, why don't I? And so I've been studying personal revelation a lot and I've learned a lot of great things. One, which is nothing's wrong with me. I think revelation is so prevalent in our lives that we often overlook it. But anyway, I, I felt so strongly about this that I decided that was going to be our theme for 2019. So our theme actually is here, H-E-A-R, and it goes along with the scripture in Deuteronomy that says he may be to hear his voice. And just that idea of seeking personal revelation, and that's really going to be our focus in time out, with Time Out for Women in 2019. And I think you're coming to Riverside, right? Yes, we are. I live in Riverside. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm going to get you in. Yes, to I want to come. I know. Yeah. I was like, I just saw it really, was it just released or no? The year, this like the calendar. just released. Yes. 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 I was like, oh my goodness. Yes. She's coming. She's coming it's for me. Be, yes. It's going to be fabulous. And so this year we're actually, I've created like a little event workbook because I think, I think the audience what's more of a, an interactive experience. It's, you know, sometimes it, and I think in the past, it's been a little more passive. And I think one of the, the, some of the feedback we've heard from women is like, I want to get in there and I want to, I want to work this out in my head and I want to wrestle with this myself. And so we're going to create time out for women. It'll be a little more interactive as interactive as you can get with thousands of women, right? <laughs> but there will be a workbook with some prompts and things, and it's going to be really great. I'm really excited. And this is good stuff. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm going to sneak in the back if I can't get a ticket. Are they sold out? Oh, already? I'm going to get you a ticket. Okay. Okay. It's <laughs> like if yeah, they're no, already no, sold no, out, no, post. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. So what have you learned? Because you, one of the things Brooke has talked about to me when she was like telling me about you is like just your passion for creating. And that's kind of what I'm seeing throughout, right? You created Studio 5, you know, and then yeah. you get on with um, LDS.org and you're creating, well, and organizing and all that, you know, a new whole branch. And now you're with Time Out for Women and you're creating change. So how has creation like been a part of your life and how can you, how can women like embrace that? Because I think it is one of the most crucial things that we can like grasp right now? I do too. I think it's just part of our DNA. I think the fact that our heavenly parents, I mean, I think we're in the work of creation and I think creation sometimes, I think creation can look different for all of us because creation is really just putting something new into the world that didn't exist before. So whether that's like creating hope in somebody or creating a TV show, right? There's lots of ways to create, but I think that is, I think that's why we're here 
to create ideas, to create, to create more love, to create hope, to create, it's what we do as women. And I just, I love it. I, I feel like it comes more innately to women than it does to men. I, I don't know. I, I think it's part of our DNA. Yeah. I love how you said that we're in the process of creation. You just said that just flowed out of your mouth. And I think that that's a really important thing to talk about too, just that this is, it's a process, right? Like we're not created. <laughs> I mean, we yeah. are, <laughs> but that we get to, it's, it's a process. And I think yeah. that gives a lot of hope and I don't know, just okay that you're not where you're going to be forever. Right. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing with, with the creative process that I think sometimes gets overlooked is preparation. You know, you think about it's nine months of preparation to create a baby. And I think with everything we do, I think there's so much preparation involved and that's, I think one of the overlooked keys to me of the creative process is is preparation and being willing to put in the time to, to develop ideas and to, I don't know, to learn what people need. And it does, it takes time. So with, on that note of preparation, do you feel like, how do you feel like you were prepared for each of these new things? Cause these are kind of big things that you were being asked to do. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, how do you, how do you feel like you were prepared for it? Well, literally line upon line. If you told me that I was going to do any of these things, I would have said, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of, you know, I, I'm an ordinary, I'm just an ordinary person. I, I'm the most ordinary person you would ever meet. There's nothing exciting about me. I think with my first opportunities at KSL, I was just slowly prepared and, and I always felt slightly inadequate. And so I put in a lot of time to learn things. And I always felt like I had to probably go the extra mile. I felt the need to probably prove myself. When I was at KSL, I mean, I was one of the only women on the executive team. And, and so I always felt like I had to really, I don't know, yeah, prove myself. I'm at a place now, interestingly enough, where I finally feel confident. I'm like, no, I don't have to prove myself. I... I, I do know some things and, and that's okay. And I can contribute and there's lots of things I don't know. And on those things I don't know, I don't have to contribute there. Um, and so I finally, like in my forties, I'm like, I'm feeling good about it, but it took <laughs> a long time to get there. But I do, I, I've been prepared line upon line. And again, it's not been any of my own doing. I heavenly father's just known what I've needed. Uh, I've never been able to have children. And that's been like super heartbreaking to me all throughout my life. And you know what? Heavenly Father's like filled in the gaps. He's, it's just been amazing. He's filled in the gaps and given me opportunities to create maybe in, in, in ways that I always thought I would through, through motherhood and through, you know, homemaking and, and being a wife and it's, it's all working out. Oh my goodness. So what well, I love this and I I love that maybe your life didn't go as planned, but it's a really beautiful, you know, like you, you feel that it's where you should be. So tell me about that person, speak to our audience, the people who are in a place, maybe a jumping off point to some degree, you know, I'm sure you didn't feel completely ready to do, to jump off to LDS.org. Maybe. No. Right. (laughs) But like, what do you tell that person who maybe is in a place that they feel inadequate? 
I, you gave us a little bit of insight when you're saying that you're like, I actually just worked really hard, <laughs> but, um, like what advice do you have for that person? My advice is you are adequate. I think we're all born adequate. You just got to put in the work. You got to put in the, the physical work of figuring out the thought work of like reminding yourself who you are, the spiritual work. It really is just work, but you are adequate. And over time, I, the Lord will magnify us. The Lord, as we try, that is one of the greatest life lessons I've learned as we've tried, like he'll come in and he'll figure out and, and make the difference and help our little teeny efforts become bigger than they could be on their own. So you are adequate. And I think at different seasons in our life, it looks different. I, I think there's times in our lives where we're superheroes and it's like, wow, we're just done. And that there's times in our lives when, you know what, today I got out of bed and I, <laughs> you know, I was able to, you know, smile at somebody on my way through the checkout line. And you know what, that might be adequate for a particular day or even a season. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a you need to give yourself a lot of grace for the, yeah. you know, the time and place you're in. I think one of the things you touched on and, and we talked about revelation and, and now we're talking about work and I know that you, because of Brooke, Brooke has laid a good foundation for this interview, <laughs> but I know that you feel really passionate about being a learned disciple. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Like, especially as women, like, what does that mean to you? Um, I think to me, it means really getting in to the doctrine of Jesus Christ. I, I, and I don't think I've always understood this, nor have I always done it. Like, I, I go back to, I think it was President Nelson who said, the church needs women who have a bedrock understanding of the doctrine of Jesus Christ. And I'm embarrassed to say that I don't think through my life I've always had that. I've always believed, and I've always, but there's times I look back and I'm like, was I, was I coasting too much? And about five years ago, I really challenged myself to dive into the Book of Mormon in particular in a big way and to give up, to, to give up some things, so simple things like every week I had this habit of like, I was going to read People magazine, right? And I just like, <laughs> just kind of like this little mini stress relief. And I got in the habit, I think partly when I did Studio Five, because I would always want to know the trends. And I made a decision about five years ago that I was going to give some of that up. That I, here I was working with some amazing people at the church who I was like, wow, they've got a real understanding. And I'm like, that's what I want. And so at that point, I made a decision that I was going to sacrifice some small things. Like I was going to give up like flipping through People Magazine or just randomly scroll scrolling through Instagram. And I want to be clear, I don't think either of those are <laughs> bad things, but I was going to make a sacrifice of time so that I could be more learned. And so I made some really small efforts to be very consistent in scripture study and prayer. And I can't tell you how much those small efforts of really diving into the scriptures have strengthened me and helped me understand the doctrine of Jesus Christ in so many powerful ways. And I think I've been a person that's maybe too much. I've stayed on 
I don't know, some of the, I don't even know how to describe it. The, the beliefs without getting into like the true understanding of the doctrine, I don't know if that even makes sense, but that's really where I've been trying to put my time. And again, I've just, spending time in the Book of Mormon has just like blessed me immensely. Well, that's, I, I think what you're like, the thing that you're stuck on, because I was thinking like, what does that mean to me? And I think that there are a lot of things, it's kind of like the Mormon thing, right? Yes. Where you are, it's like, well, what are the things that make us different? And yes. you know, we focus so much on that. And then, yes. but what you're, but what you're, you focus on is like, what does Christ actually want me to do? Like, what is yes. the actual doctrine of Christ? And I really love that. And what do you think? you gave us one practical tip of like just diving into the book of Mormon, because I think we do spend, um, and this happens in our conversations, like just in our conversations with each other, sometimes in our lessons at church, you know, where we're, we're heading off on these tangents, right. And yes. we're not focused on the doctrine. Um, so what are some of the things that like keep you grounded in the doctrine and having like real meaningful, like conversations and, and even just thoughts? Yeah. I think it's so awesome when you can find a group of girlfriends that you can have those conversations with. So that's one of the things I love about my friendship with Brooke is having women that you can have like real meaty conversations with about the gospel of Jesus Christ and diving into it and, and seeing new perspectives. And so that's one of them. And I think I think that comes through face-to-face. -face. I mean, like with Brooke and I, that comes through when we're sitting down at lunch together at Zupa's over our soup and we're having those, those discussions. I think making, I think that the purpose of Relief Society has somewhat been to help us have those kinds of discussions. I don't know if it always goes that way. I think that there is a benefit to having like, finding friends where we can have those discussions. I think that's one of the ways. I think, I think prayer, prayer is a big one. I think, you know, asking Heavenly Father to, to help us understand and then really thanking him when we do receive that understanding. You know, it's honestly does go back to so many of those routine things that we hear over and over, but it really is in those small and simple things where we find ourselves becoming disciples yeah and it shouldn't be too surprising that president nelson has challenged us to do those things right yeah, just right. read your scriptures please 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 just read your scriptures yeah, just read your scriptures yeah how has your your you've been kind of in the inner workings of the church for i mean because you ksl is a you know the branch kind of mm -hmm. right and then you're in the church and like the actual and now you're time out for women. So how is that kind of being in the inner workings and seeing the people, right? You're working with yeah. Elder Bednar. That's, yeah. you know, fantastic. Like, how has that changed your perspective of one, like the church and, and the gospel and two, your, your perspective on you? Yeah. Um, I think that especially these past five years working in the church office building, people say, to, I've, I've heard people say, you know, oh, you have to be ready to leave your testimony at the door. Um, it's actually strengthened my testimony because what you learn is, is that it's like with Joseph Smith, I think in those early days, the Lord rarely tells us like how specifically to do something, right? 
I think there's lots of ways to do the how, and he leaves it to us. That's part of the creative process. He leaves it to us to like figure it out. And with that, yeah, we make some mistakes. We, we might not figure it out the best way, but like, isn't it amazing that he, he gives us that grace and he gives us that opportunity to figure it out. That's how we grow. And that's one of the things that I learned, that I learned working at the church is that even the, at that level of the brethren, right there, the, the Lord gives direction, but he doesn't always tell them how, and, and they're trying to rely on information and to figure that out. And that's like been a great blessing to me, actually. I, I guess it, it reminds me just how good the Lord is in letting us figure some things out because he could come in and tell us and <laughs> he, he lets us figure it out. He lets us be part of this process with him. And the, almost that it is part of the process. Like he, yes. right. That he's planned yeah. for you to yeah, mess up a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, well, let's see what she does with this. <laughs> yeah. I think I've learned about myself that my, te my testimony has been strengthened. I've learned how much I, I believe, how much I've seen God's hand in my life. I guess going back to maybe what I said kind of in the opening that, let me tell you, I'm not capable of any of this on my own. That the Lord has known exactly what Michelle Torsak's needed and he's provided a way and he's given me opportunities beyond my wildest dreams. And I think he does that. Not I think, I know that he does it for all of us. It looks different for all of us. Thank heavens, because that's what makes life so interesting. But he does it for all of us. Even when we think, even when we can't quite see it, I am certain that we will all be able to look back and point out exactly where his hand has been. I love it. Um, I love it so much because I, I, I mean, especially it's always easy to be looking back and even looking back at your life. You're like, oh yeah, like first I did studio, you know, studio five. Yeah. And of course I'm like, you know, the next step is this, but in the moment it could be a little bit tricky. <laughs> and you know what? I've never known what I've, I've never known what, like, I have no idea what's next. Like no idea. <laughs> well, some people I think they're on a path to say, I'm going to do this. And then in my career, I'm going to advance this. And I, I think because my whole dream in life was always to be married, have a family. Like I had that planned out. So I was like, well, that's not happening. And so <laughs> I, I was kind of like pulled along. And so I've never had plans for myself. And in some ways like that's worked out to my advantage in a huge way. I've just been able to always just then like go and think, okay, well, this is knocking at my door. So, okay, I guess I'll do that. <laughs> I love it. So because you're such a champion of women and that's Brooke's words as well, she's always, she uses champion of women. I love that. I love that. Um, um, I want to know, like, what is your message? What would you be? We have a lot of listeners, a lot of women listeners, members of the church and some not, but what is your message to women? My message to women is that every single one of us has influence. We have more influence than we recognize. And when I say influence, I don't think that that influence has to be, I don't think we have to get caught up in thinking that it has to be, you know, 
a bazillion followers. I don't think it has to be in big showy ways. I think our influence is in the small, ordinary things that we are doing every day. I love it. So what would you tell? I, I have two more questions. You're, you've been so kind to let me ask all my questions, but I want to know, like, especially after um, the social media fast, which happened um, this like a couple months ago, but there were a lot of women and it was really interesting because we have a women with fire Facebook group and a lot of them are trying to build a business, you know, so they went mm -hmm. offline for those 10 days. And when they came back, it was kind of like, Oh, <laughs> you know, what do we do now? I mean, we liked it, but it's, it's more of a chore. I had a lot of people in that camp and now they're back on and it's okay. But I also had this one girl say that she had a different experience completely. And she said, what, what came to me is that the spirit whispered that we were missed, that taking all of that light away, you know, that we were missed. Mm -hmm. So you, you have a unique perspective. You have you know, trying to figure out the messaging of the church, how that goes on social media and how it spread to the members. And so from your perspective, how, like, what advice do you have for us, like in using social media for good? Cause it is super powerful. You know, it can be such a force. So what is your advice there? I think that I've decided that the use of personal media, honestly, is so personal. I have a good friend who she has had the experience where she honestly just can't be on social media. She finds that it just brings out the most competitive, kind of depressing, like then she, she just never feels like she's enough. And so she's like gone off social media. And, and yet there's people, and I, it's interesting, um, the women that you just shared that experience that she had, I think that's absolutely true as well. And I think it looks different for all of us. I think we always just have to be asking ourselves, where's my heart? It, it, am, I, am I doing this to be seen of, of men or women? Or am I doing this to, to be a light, to add goodness to the world? And I think I gave a talk several years ago at BYU's Women's Conference on this very thing and using social media wisely. And I think that that would be uh, my advice is, I think we all have to figure out what does that look like for us, but I think it starts with our heart. What's going to serve me the best? I'm not sure I answered your question, but that's... That's the real, that's the real answer. I mean, that, that you answered my question. Because I do think, and I, I think that it's really important to point out that we not only need to make space for us to receive personal revelation for how we use social media, but to also allow personal revelation for other people mm -hmm. because we can get very like, well, I'm not doing this. So why are you, know, why are you doing this? But when we feel specifically called to do whatever. So I think that it goes, that is a really important thing to talk about because we do each have influence. And this is something we talk a lot about on, on our podcast is we each have quests is what we call them mm -hmm. and of things that we're supposed to be doing and they all look very different. Mm -hmm. You know, ours was to start a podcast and start, you know, interviewing amazing women, but that is, it looks very different in everyone else's life. And to be really, to embrace that in yourself and to give allowance to other people, you know, yes. for other people to do. 
because can, we can get a little judgy that way on both sides. Totally, like, both sides. Why, are <laughs> why are you doing this? Like, yeah. And I think that is the power of personal revelation is that we can find out for ourselves what we're supposed to be doing with it. Yes, I love it. So the last question I, I always ask is, is how have you seen God's hand in your journey? And if there's like a specific time, even better, cause you've, cause you've told us that he's been there the whole way, but if there's a time that like you specifically were like, this is, thank you. Oh, wow. Um, I would say, interestingly enough, I would say when I was making the decision to leave KSL, I don't think that I would have left KSL. I loved it. It was my passion. And I had an experience where it was something so strongly that I couldn't deny where I felt like it was time to leave. And honestly, if I wouldn't have had that experience, I don't think I would have left. And you know what? I, I wouldn't have, I also though wouldn't have grown in, in the ways that I needed to. He honestly, like, yeah, it, it, it was just, so, it was so clear that I, that I knew that it was time to leave. And I found a, a great sense of peace in doing so. I was walking away from um, a job that I loved, where I had a lot of influence. I worked with, I can't tell you this group of women that I worked with, we just adored each other. I mean, I had built something up and to turn my back on that isn't like me. I'm very much a safety person, but it became so clear and the opportunity was honestly put in my path and I, I couldn't deny it. I love it. I'm glad, I'm glad that you felt, follow the spirit because <laughs> you're doing great things. And then I get to hug you and it's like, you know, right. When you come to Riverside, I'm coming to hug you. I'm coming. To <laughs> you're coming. I'm coming. I'm coming, but I'm just, I'm very, I'm grateful for you. And I'm grateful for the time that you're able to give to me and my audience are going to just love you. And if you guys tell me the cities, I didn't even plan this, but you were going to Riverside. I knew that. Where else are you going yeah. this so year? We're going to Layton. We're going Layton, Utah. We're going to Riverside, California, Sacramento, California, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, we always have like a flagship event in Salt Lake City, Phoenix, Arizona, Boise, Idaho, Arlington, Texas, Houston, Texas, Overland Park, Kansas. I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting a bunch, but. Well, go look. If you're not, if you're not going to Time Out for Women this year, and if you're in Southern California, come with me. I'll meet you there. Um, <laughs> so I'm just really grateful for you and I'm excited. I'm excited for what you're doing. This is exciting for you. Like, this is your, this is your year. This is so fun. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here and sharing your expertise and your testimony. It's the absolute best. Thank you. I just love this and I appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate you looking me up. This is such a fun conversation and I admire the work that you're doing. I, I love your, your vision for this. So thank you. All right, you guys, thank you so much. And we will see you next week. Hey, Thanks for listening to the Women With Fire podcast. Your support means a lot to us. In fact, your support is what makes this podcast possible. If you want to connect more with the guests we've had on our podcast and 
Connect more with Sarah and Michelle, the creators of the Women With Fire podcast. Find us on Instagram at The Women With Fire or find us in our Facebook group. Simply search Women With Fire and join the group. We'll see you there.